Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service, 501-562-2293, family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. As the custom holds forth, today is the Bud Light Little Blue Book Day. Uh, by the way, $829.60. Now, Trey, what would you do with $829.60? Hmm. What would, what would I do you, with $829? What would you like to buy me? Yeah, I guess I would probably buy something for somebody else, right? That's the oh, 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 you wouldn't really? buy me something. Wow. Goodness. I'd take care of Christmas. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Randy already has his Texas Ranger hat from the World Series, so he there's nothing he needs. Yeah. You're all set, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> He's set. You got the winners, too. Yeah, it's got the World Series logo on the side of the hat yeah. and everything. Yeah. See, everybody always called you. You're a Yankees fan. Everybody said you always pick the winners. And here you go once again. Well, you have to put everything into the right perspective. I am there with a group of six other individuals three of them were devout texas fans ranger fans and uh you get caught up in the moment and um they said let's go get a hat let's go get a hat we all gotta get a hat well what am i supposed to do no i'm a i'm a party pooper i'm not going i protest yeah Mm -hmm. peer pressure will do that to you yeah, the Peer way pressure. you were talking about the prices of everything there, you might have oh spent eight hundred forty dollars on the hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, there was a jacket I wanted, but when I turned over the price of the jacket, I thought, that would be a nice Christmas right there into it. So, okay, we get detracted, we get sidetracked. Uh, this is the Bloodlight Little Blue Book, uh, eight hundred twenty-nine dollars sixty cents. You can. Enter by way of the Asher Record Service Company live fan feedback, the Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line, my email, randyart1037thebuzz.com. You can call in and trade the tiebreaker today. Now, Queen Grove, he came up with this one. He's, he's, he's done good. This is our second tiebreaker uh, by Quinn. Number of Florida turnovers. He thinks that's going to be the key is getting to get – the Gators to turn the ball over to help the Arkansas offense. It's a good one. Um, hmm, okay. So, let's see. Florida turns the ball over. They have lost. They don't turn it seven over Seven turnovers this year. Yeah, just two interceptions. They must have lost five fumbles. Yeah. Marsh just has two. So, I'm going to go with one turnover. Okay. For Florida. All right. And my score prediction is kind of similar. I think the defense will do enough to give Arkansas a chance to win. But until, you know, we see this offense, I just expect them to uh, uh, do enough for Arkansas to lose. So I'm going to go with Florida 27-21. 27-21. And I saw, by the way, I saw on the Bet Saracen line it was down to five and a half. Wow. So the, so the money's going for Arkansas right now. Yeah. Yeah. Does that kind of surprise you? Does me. Mm. 
I don't know. I'm not the best gambler, so I no, I'm, I'm not either. So I don't know. No, you're right about that. I, right. Well, I don't know if it'll make any difference, but Florida's best tackler is out of the game. Yeah, the linebacker for the, yeah. the year for the yeah. season. Sherman Jones. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's gone. Yeah, man, uh, dislocated kneecap. That one's got to hurt. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's out. And, uh, you know, Florida's offensive line, I think Arkansas's defensive front will give them some problems. Uh, you know, what's interesting, you think Florida and, you know, being in the Sunshine State and all the talent that's down there, they don't have a single starter on their offensive line who is a 24-7 sports composite four-star recruit. Now, they've got some guys that were a four-star on this service or that service, but when you combine the, you know, the industry average, there's not a single one. I thought that was really interesting. Their center is probably their most experienced player. He's been banged up quite a bit this season. He's only played in three games. So I think that could be a matchup that Arkansas could exploit, really the defensive front uh, overall. And, you know, they've got some playmakers, obviously. Um, they got a freshman wide receiver who's really good. And, and as we said, Mertz, you know, Graham Mertz, when they signed him uh, out of the transfer portal from Wisconsin, I was just thinking, big whoop. So what they went and got a, you know, a standard Big Ten quarterback. But he is playing way better than he ever did at Wisconsin. I think his best efficiency rating was like 135 at Wisconsin. He's at like 165 right now, which is, just to put it in perspective, that's what K.J. Jefferson has been. That's among, you know, the best efficiency ratings any Arkansas quarterback's ever had. So uh, he's been very efficient, not an exceptional deep ball guy, but a guy who can spread it around and, um, you know, is very accurate on the short and intermediate throws. Uh, But – I think Arkansas can give them a little trouble, but the defense isn't. The defense versus their offense isn't the story here. I think Arkansas's defense should play well. They have in all but probably two quarters this whole year. Uh, so the question for Arkansas is, uh, can they get their offense going? Uh, can they capitalize on what the defense should be able to give them? And that's maybe a reasonable amount of points given up. So um, until we see that happen, it's hard to predict it. This is from our – Asher Record Service Company live feedback from Barry. He says, do these people actually think we can go to the swamp and score 20 plus points when we couldn't score more than three at home? Yeah, they they do. That's why they're guessing that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They they put up 31. Hey, maybe there's a pick six in there. (laughs) Arkansas is one of the best turnover forcing teams in the SEC. Uh, so maybe there's a, maybe a special teams, who knows. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't. They obviously played their worst football um, against Mississippi State. Just that was the real – it's all been disappointing. But to come home against a team like Mississippi State that's not very good and just completely lay an egg like they did on, offensively was just uh, – I mean, that's why – you have mid-season firings. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Guys, when's a mid-season firing happened at coordinator, at either coordinator position for Arkansas? Wow. You guys remember that ever happened? Maybe never. No. I don't remember I don't that. Remember so. remember that. But um, when, you have, when you have a performance like that, it certainly warrants a, a firing in the middle of the season. And, yeah, it's, I mean, we've seen them produce more points, though, on offense than they yes. did. So, mm-hmm. in every game but that one. In every game but that one. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. All right, Trey. I've got a email that Karen sent, and she says, "I'm a long time listener. I have a question for Trey. 
Do the football coaches have an open door to all players? If they do, my question is, you know, if KJ or any of the players talk to Coach Pittman about issues with the offense before the firing, I know it's water under the bridge now, but this has been on my mind since the loss to BYU. Well, I think there's definitely been those discussions and concerns and stuff. I think it's the timing of it all. You know, you look to bounce back and get back home and and maybe get something put together. And, you know, as Pittman said, he's talked to Enos about some of the things that they're calling on offense, like, you know, moving the pocket. We talked about that so much. And then they throw 29 passes from the pocket, you know. And, you know, some of the things that we've seen them do in practice then they don't implement in the game at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would – I know that they have – Pittman has open-door policy. He's going to let, you know, K.J. Jefferson and him are going to talk. You know, he's not shutting out his quarterback. And if K.J.'s got concerns, he's going to talk. But, you know, you have to think about the timing of everything. Also, um, obviously with the – you know, they've scored 20 points in every game so far, right, 20 or more uh, until this last one. Uh, so the timing of everything happening plus having a bye week – you know, I think it makes more sense to – usually when you see firings like that, it, it comes on a bye week. Uh, Somebody likes the World Series. Yeah, well, I got a, I got a picture. <laughs> I was trying to save it and uh, didn't realize it had audio that was attached to it. So, anyway, uh, that's why that was – that's why you heard the background. You're not even listening to me, are you, Randy? You just yeah, I was. I was. I was. I was, you know, I'm thinking all that you said – uh, this from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line. This from J.K. He says, I can't get in to call my daughter. Said today Rocket Sanders saga plays out like Agatha Christie mystery. Will he play or not? It's a good question. Sam Pittman's a very honest person when he deals with us, except for when it comes to injuries, uh, and that's just kind of the nature of the business. You know, just not going to be very forthcoming. And, uh so Rocket Sanders is practicing. What does that mean? Is he jogging up and down the <laughs> sideline? You know, we don't know because this is the first time in Sam Pittman's uh, tenure as, as head coach that we haven't been able to watch a game week practice. It's the first time ever. So uh, I, your guess would be as good as mine on that. I'm kind of thinking maybe he will play. How much? Who knows? Does he get in for a couple? You know, is it a, is it a seven-carry game or is it a – you know, 17-carry game. Hopefully it's the latter. But, um, you know, when you have knee injuries and, you know, the knee injury that it, it seems like it's with him, you know, you usually think about six weeks or so, and he's had some time off and some time to recover, and hopefully he'll be back out there. I don't know why he would start practicing if he has no intention of coming back to the team at some point. All right, this from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line. J.J. here. Since Enos has been relieved from the program, what are the chances that has to produce, I mean, to transfer higher since there is a chance the next coordinator does not run that scheme, specifically lots of 12 personnel? Well, I would assume that Sam Pittman is going to hire a coordinator that's going to utilize his best weapons, and Luke has is definitely one of those. I don't think that's going to be an issue. This next if has transfers, I think it would be, or any player transfers, it would probably be due to a, any key player, I should say, it would probably be to, uh, due to a coaching change. In the head position or just 
in yeah, general? Head position. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, the staff. I mean, he's yeah, I think I, let go. Yeah. Nine of the ten guys are definitely going to be gone. Also, I I don't think we take in consideration sometimes when everyone is screaming for the for the head to roll. There's going to be repercussions, and you're going to lose some players, and some may say, "Good riddance." But uh, yeah, and you know when you have a coaching change, like most of the time, there's going to be when you, especially when a coach is popular among his players. You know, there's going to be uh, if it comes to that, there'd be a lot of attrition. Um, but there have been examples. Somebody pointed this out to me on our message board of you know teams that did have coaching changes and um, things worked out really well. Sonny Dykes would be the prime example of that. You know, he was in his first year at TCU. Kerry Patterson was there forever, and he came in and worked the transfer portal, and, um, you know, they won 13 games. Mm-hmm. All right, Trey, here's another question for you from our – I think that's an outlier an outlier situation. Though. Yeah. It's from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line. If we lose out, should Pippen not get a freebie? Uh, the man has taken us to three straight bowl games and one bad season. He is out. No one will want to coach here if we have no stability. Firing a coach every four years isn't a good look to me. It's not. It's not. It wouldn't be the ideal situation, um, you know. You, but everybody knows how people will react if Arkansas is like three and nine this season. Mm-hmm. It'll just be, you know, the off season. You know how the off season will be. You know, um, so. Yeah, ideally Pittman put something together, and you know I think it also matters how they lose. Do they? Is this going to be a team that just lets go of the rope? Right. You know, you know or when they're out of bowl eligibility, just completely quit, and then you're just like, well, what is there to salvage at that point? You know, if the team if the team has quit believing and quit fighting for the coach, that hasn't happened yet, um, especially on defense. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, it's no, it's not ideal to change coach. What is ideal is to you know, have a program that's performing well enough that you know eventually you pass it on to the next guy on your staff and the coach retire i think that's what Pittman. i know that's what Pittman wants i know that's what he wants to do because he's got you know 65 people that work up there under him uh, that you know he's interested in their job and you know wants to get the program mm-hmm. wants to leave a legacy wants to live in this state when he's finished coaching um so yeah i know exactly what sam Pittman wants um for this program and and we'll see how it shakes out. But, no, it's not – in this climate, it's not ideal to – I mean, again, you fire – if Pittman gets fired, you know, 2020 – he's retained, 2024 may be a struggle. Who knows? But if he's not, then it's almost certainly going to be a struggle because you're going to have so much uh, so much attrition, so much turnover, and, you know, and then you run into the issue of, you know, putting a recruiting class together that will probably be ranked in the – 50s or so because you have such a quick turnaround you're going to lose a lot of guys that are committed to you and then it just starts that cycle all over again and then you know when those guys get to be red shirt juniors and seniors like the 2020 group was when Pittman came in you know there'll be like a couple of guys left like there are right now and which should be you know a group that should be like the backbone of your team isn't that where on the other hand Trey not quite like Deion Sanders but maybe you just have to exclusively build out of the transfer portal if it got down to that particular yeah. point. Yeah, in a way. And, uh, you know, that's definitely a unique situation with, you know, Deion Sanders' name recognition and mm-hmm. and everything that he did at Colorado. But, I mean, Colorado's 4-4 four and four right now, you know. And, and I know that's 
what three more games than they won all yes, of last year. Correct. But you know, it's not it's not setting the world on fire necessarily, aside from all the publicity they've gotten. Uh, Trade this uh, from our Asher Record Service Company live feed feedback. JD, he raised an interesting question: What's up with Nudie? Uh, Pittman said he could have played last game. He has been our best corner. One of the more confusing statements I've heard from Pittman. Yeah, I hmm. don't, I don't understand it. Uh, hmm. And I saw him down there at Mississippi State warmups, and you know, usually you see, like a lot of times, a quarterback if a quarterback's concussed the week before, you'll see him get out there and warm up and go through pregame and all that stuff, and maybe try to throw the other team off a little bit. Is he going to play or not? Uh, but we saw, I remember that with Tyler Wilson, for example. Uh, but they don't take contact. And McLaughlin was down there, you know, doing wrap-up drills, you know, clicking helmets and stuff. And you don't do that if you uh, you still have, you know, you're still going through concussion protocol. So that led me to believe, and I think I tweeted it out, you know, hey, look, you know, McLaughlin's good to go. He's going to play. I never would have thought he wouldn't play just to due to coach's choice. I mean, he's he's got a chance to be drafted. Yeah. Exactly. But at the same time, it's not like the defense really suffered that much. They gave up seven points. So, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's probably got to be something else going on there. Maybe he didn't want to discuss. I don't know. Something surely that didn't make any sense. That you know, maybe your best. It's not like he's your sixth best corner. Or heck, they played you know four corners. So, I mean. <laughs> It's not like he's like that far down the list all of a sudden, or what is it, Wally Pipped? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. That's not gonna. That's not happening. So no. I don't know. I got to believe something else is going on. I just don't know what it is. And he kind of said it uh, almost sarcastically the way he responded. Like I, I don't know. It's like there was something going on between he and Nudie, and and uh, uh, he didn't just play a minute or two. He didn't play at all. And he made, he made the point to, to say basically, okay, he was he was he was ready to go. He was ready to play. But he didn't get to play. Maybe uh, he wasn't cleared to play until like the Friday before or something. Yeah. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Who knows? Uh this from our uh, Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line. This question is for Trey. This is from the five oh one. Uh, do you think we are facing a mass exodus of players to the portal next year? What about KJ Jefferson? Well, uh, if Pittman is retained, I think, yes, you'll have players leave. I don't think a mass exodus um, on the level that we saw last year. I don't think you'll see quite that. But you're going to see players leave every year. It's just the way it is now. Um, you know, last year for the two dozen players that left, you know, there's probably – four or five, probably five that you'd say, man, that, that stinks. Mm-hmm. That guy's, you know, that guy could help them. Um, I think they upgraded their roster. If you take the guys that left and the guys they brought in, I think it's pretty obvious that they upgraded the roster as much as everybody was freaking out when it was all happening <laughs> when they were leaving uh, before they started bringing guys into the fold. Uh, but, yeah, you'll have players leaving. I think, if you know, if, if Pittman is let go after the season, then you're going to see, um, you know, probably a mass exodus of players. Uh, and it depends on who they bring in, obviously. It's not just like cut and dry, no matter who comes in. They may bring in, you know, a guy that really resonates with the offensive players or the defensive players or whatnot. So you never know exactly. You may have guys enter the portal and come back out of the portal. Who knows? Um, as far as KJ, the, you know, just the way he talks, uh, you know, about, like, it's disappointing to 
be in this situation in my senior year. Um, I can remember a couple years ago at the Outback Bowl practices talking to him, and he said, yeah, I feel like I need to come back for another year. And that was after his redshirt sophomore year, you know, and he's been back two years since then. And I always kind of point to Jaden Hazelwood as a guy that came to Arkansas. No matter what happened, he was going pro, you know, even though he probably would have made a little more money and uh, maybe helped his draft stock if he had come back. Well, I say that. Maybe not. <laughs> That's the way the offense has been. But, uh, you know, uh, I think he had it in his mind that he was going pro. And, you know, he didn't get drafted. He's on Philly's practice squad making, what, I think $211,000 uh, to be on the practice squad. So, um yeah, I think players just maybe get it in their head that that's what they're going to do, and and they do it, you know, no matter what. So I, I'm not expecting KJ to be back. Long story. I agree. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. That is Trey Bidio. Bye, guys. Hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company.